Pam, imagine having the ability to create winds, storms, and cold weather that could destroy fields of crops. Sounds pretty darn evil. It sounds pretty darn badass. As someone who lives for the theatrics, controlling weather and destroying crops for the sheer whimsy of it all sounds right on par. Extremely whimsical tornado coming through. (laughs) Well, the idea of weather witches or people who could harness the elements like that seems far-fetched, and yet we still use a groundhog to predict the length of winter. Uh, I don't know if you heard of him, but um, he tells us how long it's going to be cold and snowy. So I know him, Puxatani, Big P. But yeah, I do love that we've decided that people surely can't control weather for the whimsy, but... Puxty P, Mr. Philip, he is rodent. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Nothing but whimsy. Talk about theatrics. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz. Every week, we will explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impacts on modern culture. Today, I'm going to be telling you, M, a little bit about the weather witches. Mm, you know, we've talked about so many so many uh, spooky things. We've talked about witchcraft in a lot of different ways in, mm-hmm. in the last several years. Never once have I heard of weather witches. I don't know where I've been this whole time. I don't either. I, I learned so much from this research and I cannot wait to tell you all about it because I think we're going to, you know, click with this one. I think we're going to we're going to vibe with it. Oh, yeah. So let's crack into it. This episode is brought to you by the Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery, smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. Thanks, by the way, for taking my line on uh, Let's Crack Into It. You know, I just, it felt right. So I just did it. Yeah. I, usually I feel like it feels right to you to just, you know, upstage me wherever you can. Take your content. That's exactly right. Yeah. And on that note, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Weather Witches M. <laughs> so historically, Weather Witches were actually called Tempestari. Hmm. And that basically means someone who claimed or was accused of, important distinction, mm-hmm. having the ability to harness the natural elements. So, Tempestari, kind of a fancier name. There's two eyes at the end of that. So oh, my you know God. that's you, dramatic. You know it's an old word too. The two eyes. Old, you don't do that anymore. Exactly right. Nope. That's some Latin uh getting involved. I'm glad you said okay, I didn't know if you I didn't know if it was like Latin or something else, and I didn't want to be the person to like state which language it was. Fun fact, I also don't know. So um right. we're gonna find out together on Twitter when people <laughs> correct. <laughs> Okay, true. But basically, the idea is that they can control the weather with spells, with rituals, that kind of thing. Um, And this reminds me, I don't know if you have experience with this, but as a kid growing up in the Midwest, um, snow days were an extremely important part of the winter months um, Mm. during school. And we would try everything we could to attempt to control the weather and create a snow day. Uh, Did you? I did. What was your... uh ritual that you did oh Oh, oh, yes okay i get it Uh what was your like snow day ritual yeah we had a few so there was the classic um well i don't know if it's classic but it was classic in my area of like wearing your pajamas inside out flushing the toilet three times was one that was one i heard about but like other 
other towns did that. Like that, oh, we were Christine's we were town. above that. You know, we were like, we were you. Instead, we did a little dancing around on the bed. Yep, that was a big thing. Spinning in circles, which I maybe the toilet is what took care of that for you. <laughs> I those... love that you were above flushing the toilet, but then you spun in circles on the bed. Just interpretive um, dance to toilet. You know, just kind of <laughs> kept going. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, my mother really still complains to this day because she was like, "You were just wasting water. You were up there just like flushing the toilet over and over again." Can you imagine if you were a parent with like a wonky toilet? You know, and like if it got flushed oh, too many it times. Oh, you no. did cause a storm. It was just one in your home. You know, <laughs> we caused a very local, a hyper local storm. Yeah. But I think the logic, I mean, and when I say logic, I use that term very loosely, but the logic, quote unquote, was that it would, if everyone flushed their toilet at 9 p.m., oh. it would like back up the sewer or something. Did you have like a Google it, alert or something for 9 p.m.? <laughs> we never, it was kind no, of. And a, we had a clock. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you, oh, I, we never had an alarm for that specific time. It was kind of a if I'm doing it when I feel it, you do it when you feel it, and universally we will all build up the energy that causes. Yours snow. was much more interpretive. Ours was very strict. Um, but Celine and I, my friend Celine and I, used to write poems. We this is a thing to that snow? we did that to snow. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> what we wrote poems <laughs> like to Santa? What happened? Hang on, <laughs> it worked. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. It worked. We wrote poems to the snow and then we danced around interpretive dance and then we taped the poems to the window. Okay. This is getting really It's getting, it sounds like a music video. Like it sounds like (laughs) like a third grader tried to make a music video. It'd be really deep. So, okay. So it worked. Congratulations. It worked. And I feel like the fact that I went to Catholic school, if they knew about this, maybe it wouldn't have flown. Because I'm going to tell you about the Catholic church's feelings about whether witches. And I feel like if my Catholic school growing up had known I was behaving in this way, they might have not allowed me to come in anyway. So um, it's really resonating with me is what I'm trying to say. I see. And is what you're getting at that this this thing that even we did as kids probably goes all the way back to weather witches. All the way back. And when I say all the way, I mean to the early medieval period. Ooh, all the way. All the way. So the earliest literary reference was published in the ninth century. That's how long ago this was. Mm. And uh, Catholic parishioners were big believers back then. So parishioners believed the weather witches worked in cahoots with a mythical race, get this, of cloud dwellers called Magonians. You had me at cahoots, but I <laughs> I allowed the rest of that sentence. But okay. Okay. Cloud dwellers. Again, I've never heard of Magonians before. Where have I been? I know. Where have you where have we been? So they thought the Magonians paid the Tempestari, the weather witches, to conjure a storm, and then they'd come down from the clouds and steal the corn from the fields, like while the storm was Hang happening. On. Sorry. So <laughs> sorry. So they had to <laughs> wager a deal and then jump out of clouds for corn. Like, I mean, you heard you heard cahoots, right? They were in cahoots. Okay, but here's my okay. There's a lot of things. First of all, very few things I would jump out of the sky for. <laughs> Corn is not even barely on that list. But like, okay. it's, it's not even the number one crop I would jump out of a sky for. Like, what are they eating up in the clouds where they're like, I gotta get corn, and I will, <laughs> I'll make whatever bargain I need to with witches to you know plummet to corn. To plummet down. There's creamed corn. There's corn on the cob. I don't know if you want me to list corn foods, but I feel okay, like there's but, a lot of options. Okay, but here's some more options. You know what crop I would do some pretty dangerous things for? Tell me. Potatoes. 
You okay. Can, there's a lot more types of potatoes than there are types of corn. Now and we're talking. I don't know a single person who's like, oh my God, corn. I would just absolutely skydive for corn. Like, <laughs> and also like make weird, like behind the scenes deals with other groups of people to cause, I don't know, what are they, felonies maybe or something? <laughs> Do something risky. Why am I including more people in this just for corn? Anyway. You know what? I wish I could tell you, but really their priorities must have been different from yours is all I can say. I've talked too long about this, so please continue. But I got to say I'm confused. So Okay, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but this was the many, many centuries ago. And corn, I guess, was a hot commodity. <laughs> a hot commodity. Yeah. So the Magonians would pay the weather witches to conjure a storm, and then they would come down, take the corn. All right. The, the Tempestari would be paid. It's uh-huh. like a win-win. And this is how the parishioners explained extreme weather that would wipe out their crops. Oh. Yeah. So it's sort of like explaining what had happened. And by that, I mean throwing the blame elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church, though, said no way. They were like, witches are not real. Humans don't have powers like this. And they definitely cannot influence the weather. Okay. Sorry. Again, I don't mean to keep interjecting here. However, like the Catholic Church is like, we believe a lot of stuff. The corn this thing is, is a no go. Too far. That's too far. One hundred percent too far. <laughs> no, 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 no. So that this is a f- good point because in the ninth century there was this letter. This is one of my favorite parts of this research is that there's this Archbishop of Lyon called Agobard, and he wrote a letter explaining like how silly this idea was that people could control the weather, and his letter was called. Against the foolish opinion of the masses about hail and thunder. Oh. Uh, I know. Dramatic, right? Yeah, very. Which is why I'm 100% on board. Yeah. So they were like, come on, everybody. Stop being so foolish. There's no witches. There's humans can't control the weather. Even though they stepped in and wrote this awesome letter, they could not stop the belief in the people. And it just grew stronger and stronger. People kept throwing blame. And by the mid-13th century, it was widely accepted that witches existed and were capable of causing physical harm to others and obviously control natural forces, i.e. the weather. So, of course, when you believe someone is destroying your crops and thus your way of life, you need to punish them. So witch trials began happening to try and stop anyone that was even suspected of being responsible for changes in the weather. And this was real life. I can't believe something as simple as like, oh, crops equals there must be witches afoot. I I mean, it, it could be anyone. I it's very it's a very paranoid way of thinking. But OK, whatever, whatever they had to do, I guess this is terrible all, all the way around. So far to recap. It does feel very paranoid, which I feel like isn't obvious here, that innocent people are just getting mm-hmm. grouped up and accused for, I don't know, this corn uh, ordeal, I suppose. This, this corn <laughs> ordeal. It's true. This It's it's always like, you got to blame somebody. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess back then they were just looking around and maybe they were in a bad mood that day and just started picking people. I don't know. But they were I like, women, s- poor women look like they could use some more problems. So. Oh. Right. Kick them while they're down. That's the way mm-hmm. to go. I, I can see the timeline forming for how Weather Witches came to be. The Tempestari going through all this trouble to help people steal corn feels like a bit of a stretch to me. Um, <laughs> but where it matters, I'm I'm understanding. It seems like it's such a distant p- piece of history that I'm mad I haven't heard of it up until now. I have a, I have a feeling I'm not going to like where it's going, though. Um, no story about people looking for witches has ever seemed to end well. So whatever's <laughs> next, I don't think I'm going to like it. 
Coming up, we'll dig deeper into the stormy history of weather witches and those trials and executions I mentioned that ended up lasting for way too long. Yeah, I can already tell where this is going. So like I said, when we got into the mid-13th century, a lot of people were accepting the fact that witches were real and could influence the weather. And Mm. so now we got people blaming them for crop destruction, followed by trials and executions. So we went from like zero to 60. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Quickly. We went from like having fun joking about corn to like, now I really just want to like scream into a pillow. So yeah, yeah, it got dark real fast. So of course it did. So in a few minutes, I'm actually going to introduce to you um, some of these uh, people who are being accused of witches. And by people, I mean, mostly poor or widowed women who decided uh, they were, I guess, going to just destroy crops, even though that like also hurts their way of living. So I'm not really sure what the logic was there. I I hate to break this to you, Christine, but not once has I have I sensed logic uh, <laughs> okay. in this That's whole fair. experience. But yeah, uh, hmm, if you're going to be poor and or widowed and or have to take care of yourself or your own family and you're struggling, why not destroy the very thing that you absolutely need? to, I don't know, get back at surviving. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, there's corn here and I need it to live, but I know what I'll do. I'll make, I'll <laughs> Bye, destroy corn. It. Goodbye. Bye. I'm going to give it all away and uh, probably be killed for it. Right. So around the same time, a fun fact, many men actually were getting blamed for being werewolves and cannibals. So it's, it's Ooh. not only these women that are being accused of witchcraft, but now the men are also in trouble because why not just group everyone together? So it's supernatural blame game. Uh, in in its heyday. I was going to say, you know, in a really horrible way, at least there's finally a level of equality here where everyone's (laughs) being chased and hunted down for no reason. No one is safe. (laughs) If there was a movie about this where like all the women are being accused of witches, all the men are being accused of werewolves, they're all running around together. I would, it would be very much my cup of tea until I realized that this is real life and it only contributes to the scream I'll be having with my pillow later tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I well, don't like it. Well, good news for you because we are going to be talking about werewolves um, in a future episode as well. So you're going to have to just... Uh, I'll hold the scream in. So it's, the, it, Take a deep breath because the scream is going to continue. Yeah. So there's this book called The Malleus Maleficarum, and it was published in 1484, and it became the definitive guide on how to handle witches during this time. So it's sort of like a guidebook, like for dummies, you know, uh-huh. like witches for dummies. Which, by the way, like the name, can you repeat the name? The Malleus Maleficarum. Yeah, that's the sound of a book that only a villain owns, by the way. So like <laughs> sounds very magical. <laughs> just the the name of the book alone tells me that there's some stuff in there I'm not going to be happy about. I fully agree with you. 1484 is when this book was published. Um, and it was, yeah, like a guidebook, How to Handle Witches, gave specific guidelines about how suspected witches could be questioned. Ugh. Yikes. Okay. Until they confessed uh, to their crimes and then how to sentence them. So basically how to punish them once they confess to their crimes, uh-huh. quote unquote. And how to unalive them. Is that where yeah. we're getting? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, persecutions, witch trials, executions all kind of rolled together. So the largest period of witch persecutions happened between the mid 16th century to the end of the 18th century. Oh. Um, a little long for my liking, but yeah. I think there we have it. 60 minutes of it was like going to be too much, let alone like (laughs) a century and a half. A quick hour of it was like enough. Yeah. 
It's no coincidence that the more severe weather was happening and killing crops, then the more witch trials were being held, especially in Europe. So it was like any time the weather got really bad, again, the blame just escalated and kind of, you know, circle the cycle. Uh, can you imagine basically. just living in a place that just happens to have bad weather? Imagine living in like Seattle. Like, the, <laughs> oh no. Every woman there should would have to be terrified. I mean, I don't think Seattle was like really around in the mid 16th century, but <laughs> not in the way it is today anyway. Whatever the Seattle equivalent was back then, I feel horrible for those people. I don't know like who what wasn't there somebody to be like, "Hello, ding dong, it's me." Yeah. Uh somebody smart, can you stop doing this? I wrote a big book about it. Wasn't this a big time for like philosophers? Like where 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 was everybody? <laughs> it was a heyday for those philosophers. Everyone was on like a spring retreat or something. Like I <laughs> like no one. I don't know an, enough about what the world was like, but I feel like there should have been a stage someone could have stood on and be like a voice of reason, you know, someone who could, you know, stand up and just say, like, I don't think they're totally on par here. But you know what? I bet the second someone said that they we're against what everyone believed. They would just get called a witch. You I mean, know? that's true. And the weird part, too, is like if they're not listening to the Catholic Church, who's like, mm -hmm. hello, we're the boss. There's no witches. And everyone's like, mm, usually we do whatever you tell us. But this time we're not going to listen. Like, I guess there was just no hope for these philosophers either. Oh, wow. A real pickle. Um, <laughs> I mean, a really fucked up pickle, but like a pickle nonetheless, still, a pickle nonetheless. So, of course, all this blame was being pointed at mostly women. But I'd like to introduce you to some of these so-called witches that were being persecuted. So I'm going to introduce you to a couple of them. Ooh, okay. So the accused included a Danish woman. Her name was Gud Spendemeyer. Sound good? Good, good job. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, not something I could say. Good for you. Her witch trial happened in 1543 and was one of the earliest trials recorded. She was blamed for Danish warships not having enough wind to sail during battle. So, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Can, imagine if people came to you today and they were like, so our ships, they're not going the way we want in a war that you're not even participating in. Right. Gotta go, Christine. Like what? It's your fault. It's Just your fault. looking for, it, it's not even looking for reasons at this point it's just declaring anything yeah it's like making anything up and of course because they decided it was her fault the ships were not going fast enough they tortured her until she confessed and once she confessed classic they were like see we told you she did it oh. uh, and she was burned at the stake so God. A lot of people in Denmark unfortunately celebrated the witch executions, and historians estimate that around 250 alleged Danish witches alone were executed during the 1600s. And that's <gasps> just the ones that were executed. Oh, my God. Yeah. There were also a group of women called the Women of Bavaria, which, interestingly, sounds like uh, a group my mother belongs in, being from Bavaria <laughs> herself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, the women of Bavaria, that's me. And then I read the rest and went, never mind. I don't, I don't think I want to be part of this. So <laughs> there were 63 Bavarian women who were executed as witches between 1589 and 1591. And they had been blamed for severe storms that had damaged crops. So wow. in 1594, which was four years after the witch trials ended, a judge requested an eternal pillar be erected to commemorate the witch hunt because the harvest had finally returned to normal. So oh. just to clarify, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to raise a pillar in memory of the people we 
like just horribly treated needlessly killed yeah yeah it was to like celebrating thank god that worked and now we have all that corn back <gasps> yeah oh that's how ingrained this was you know and all because like there there was a perception that women were powerful not to take it there but like you know what very valid point like oh a woman intimidates you which dead what does that tell you a Just woman saying. is slowing down the warships, so we lost that war. Well, guess she did it single-handedly. I mean, if a woman can control the warships, like you'd think you'd try to harness that, you know, and we try could, to like win the war. I don't could know. really get fired up about toxic masculinity right now if we wanted to, but we are going to quickly uh, skate on by. <laughs> we could. Women we are might. powerful. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Keep going, Christine. <laughs> All right. Speaking of women being powerful, the third person I want to tell you about is Catherine Grady. Okay. So Catherine, she was on a ship sailing to Virginia in 1654 mm-hmm. when a storm nearly caused the ship to sink. This is terrible because she's trapped on this ship and other people decide, they point their fingers at Catherine and say, you are a witch. She caused the storm. And the captain agreed and she was hanged for witchcraft. <gasps> yeah. They just picked a random person who was going through the same thing they were. And it's terrible because, I mean, like I said... The oftentimes it was women who were, you know, in poverty or who were, you know, unmarried or who were different. And who so were like they were targeted. The, the outcast or misunderstood or something. Right. Exactly. So for all we so, know, like she just like didn't wave back one morning and they were like, oh, well, she caused the whole ship to almost capsize and in, including her own death. But like, that yeah, doesn't even matter. She should smile more. So I think that <sighs> she's <laughs> she's probably the one tipping over our ship. I want to go punch a wall. OK, OK. Okay, so she was hanged for witchcraft. She was hanged. Christine, these women deserved so much more. Those examples alone, I'm all fired up. I put the music back on, uh, (laughs) sound booth. (laughs) Up next, our spiritual conclusions will show you how the weather witch's past influence has inspired cultural elements today. Yes, I'm very, very excited. When it comes to weather witches being represented in culture, of course, Bill, oh, I'm sorry, you might know him as Shakespeare, was on top of that. <laughs> what? After you talked about Philip, you know, the groundhog, I felt a little bit like I needed to have a friend of my own who... <laughs> if you're a fan of Broadway, uh, the show Six, they call him Shakespeare. P. So, just, oh, wow. Well, okay, fine. So you call um, him Bill, I call him Shakespeare. P. There's a real I, spectrum here. Gotcha. I can't win. Okay. Yeah. Well, good old... <laughs> Good old Bill, CP. He was on top of it. He included weather witches as characters in Macbeth, believe it or not. Oh, I yeah. might have known that better if I were still in English class junior year. I yeah. Last time I thought of Macbeth, actually. I feel like my English teacher somewhere is like, I told you that. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I feel so bad. I know my teacher was like impassionately telling me all about <laughs> Shakespeare's works and I was just like whatever I need to go get Chipotle or something (laughs) so Macbeth was written during the height of the witch trials in the 17th century which was the early 1600s and throughout the play and in its staging three sisters who are alluded to be witches in the story are accompanied by thunder lightning and rain as they come into stage Hmm. so basically they are they are suggested to be witches and then they have different weather elements you know as part of their character traits Uh and something to fear Something to fear, powerful women. Mm. So in 
Uh, I think he heard of this. Marvel Comics. <laughs> There's a character called Storm from X-Men. I'm sure you know him. Yeah, her. Yes, sure do. Her. <laughs> Clearly, I don't. Do you call her Stormy P? Like, am I missing? I feel like I'm really on the outs in this episode. Uh, no, just just a solid storm. She's actually she's uh, one of the most powerful X Men. So, well, you know what? She can control the weather. It makes a lot of sense. Oh my control gosh! The crops never crossed my mind. Like where the origin? That's very interesting. Where the origin of storms? Con, con, like the conceptual idea even came from. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. As a Listen, as a Marvel nerd, I think that's my favorite part of all of this so far. I don't think I could have ever thought I would tell you a fun fact about Marvel you didn't know and now I feel very powerful. <laughs> Go back so. to Macbeth where like you would have fit in very well like a crack of lightning is behind you in every doorway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's me. Yeah. So the video game Warfare has a quest called Call of the Tempestari hmm. in which a ghost ship sails without its captain who was whisked away in a storm. So... That's another little reference for us. Okay. So I mentioned in the beginning that we still have Groundhog Day, you know, Philip, to predict the length of winter. And interestingly enough, the idea of watching animal behavior is something that outlasted the weather witch trials. Like to this day, we still watch cows, snakes, and even dogs to determine if bad weather is approaching. Mm -hmm. Do you do that too? Yeah. Like I always knew that if cows were laying down in a field, the bad weather was coming. I mean, I don't know if that's an Ohio thing and everybody knows that, but. I, I know about cows. I don't know about snakes. Snakes. What are we up to in the snake fields? What are they up to? Hmm. What are they doing without those little legs? What, what are know? they doing? You get me. I don't like that they don't blink. I don't like that they don't have legs. I don't understand. You don't know where, which way they're going. You're How do they like- move? I don't get it. <laughs> also, okay, but I do know ladybugs are supposed to. Is oh. it ladybugs? Or caterpillars are supposed to tell you if it's going to be a bad winter or not. What? How do they tell you? Like whisper in your ear? <laughs> like you're on a like you're on a quest and you just bump into like a family of caterpillars and they're <laughs> going over the weather report. Um they have the farmer's almanac in their little pocket. <laughs> what pocket? I guess with like <laughs> They're talking caterpillars. What pocket? I don't know. In this world, they have pockets. I guess with all their little legs, they have to have a lot of pockets in their jeans. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're right. So they have like a, like a microscopic farmer's almanac. And in there, it lets them know if they, like it's the, the woolly ones. The, like, oh, the, the fuzzy ones. Those are cute. So if they're mainly brown, that means the winter is going to be worse. But if it's if they're if they stay more black instead of brown, then the winter is not going to be as bad. Wow. Okay, we're learning a lot on this episode. So to pay attention to the cows. Don't look at the snakes because we don't know what they're up and, to. And good luck on your um, quest with the caterpillars. Good luck on your quest with the caterpillars. Uh, they have a lot to tell you. And with modern day folk magic to conjure the weather, we know that indigenous Americans also have rituals, including some to summon the rain. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I feel like we learned about that also. Ooh, that um, makes my snow up. dance thing feel a little icky. Is it? If like we're uh, interpretive dance, is this like a, a moment for us where we unpack our childhood? You know, it could be. I don't know if anyone wants it to be. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> I certainly don't want it to be. But interesting point of like, where did it? If it came from weather witches and also indigenous people, I wonder if that had something a tie. Yeah, that's a really good point. What were we up to? I wonder. Hmm. I mean, honestly, I was just flushing the toilet over and over again. So, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone else was doing that. Come to my side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
like we talked about earlier, odd traditions that school kids have been known to do to summon a snow day. Um, some of the other ones that we didn't do included spoons under your pillow. Um, I think I had that anyway because I was eating like yogurt in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I was the person who like slept with a knife under my pillow when I was like, oh, when I was home alone because I thought like if an intruder comes in, I'll be prepared. Same. But then like one night I had a bad dream and like grabbed my pillow and I cut my hand. Oh, so I was like, oh my God. I was like, that was a good idea. Kind of. And then actually a really bad idea. So Ow, I should have just ran with, work. with the spoon idea and just like the spoon. It's uh, it's, it's apparently known to work. Uh, pajamas inside out. That's a thing that we did. Mm-hmm. Ice cubes in the toilet bowl. Now that's new to me. You're going to freeze the sewer system is what I imagine <laughs> is happening. There. Well, I mean, maybe for throwing a whole brick of ice in there, but I maybe it would have melted. I don't know. I haven't heard that one before. I hadn't either. I haven't heard. I, it makes more sense. You're incorporating, like you're mixing and matching the, I don't know, you're throwing snow or ice in there. I get it. You're creating a little ice age in the sewer system. You're doing a little chemistry set. Like it's a potions class now in the Aww. bathroom. Well, the last thing is wearing plastic bags over your socks, which sounds extremely uncomfortable and oh. like sweat inducing. I'm not into that one. Is it like, I don't think I participated. Is it to manifest like of avoiding cold, wet weather and like preparing in advance? Like, oh, I'll wear plastic over my socks. But you're not trying to avoid the weather. You're trying to bring it on. I know. But is it like manifesting... I, oh, like we're going sledding tomorrow and I will wrap my feet up in plastic yeah, like, so I don't Oh, like I better wrap up my socks now for when that snow comes. I don't. Oh, okay. So you're leaning into it. Yeah. You're like, my pajamas are inside out. I got bags on my feet. We're going sledding. You get it. <laughs> I don't, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Well, anyway, that is about all I got for you today on Weather Witches M. I feel like uh, we learned more than I ever thought uh, there was to learn about something like this, but very, very interesting. I had no idea this whole time that that even, yeah, all the way down to childhood, that snow days had something to do with mm-hmm. witches. That would have made me, by the way, really lean into it a little more of like, oh, there's oh, yeah. a, 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 an important history here. Also, it involves witches. My child brain would have loved that. Absolutely. But, oh, my gosh. Just another reminder that uh, the witch trials were just about one of the worst times. <laughs> and like, absolutely. Wi- women deserve so much more. Like, every time a woman was powerful, they went, nope. And we now, don't. look at us, though. Imagine all the witches then if they could see us today. If they could see me writing poems to the snow and taping them to the window and <laughs> <laughs> going to Catholic school the next day. Actually, they would be severely disappointed. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Christine, I'm sitting here this whole time and I'm, I'm wondering. Can you imagine the sheer tension in the room when the scientists actually start looking around into like meteorology <laughs> and just basic weather science and they realize that all everything they've been doing out the window, all their beliefs out the window? Yeah, they're like, oh, oh, clouds. That This is how clouds work. And they're like, no, no, no. That's where that those mythical beings live. And it's like, it's like the well, corn is there. Excuse me. The corn is up there. <laughs> yeah, it must have been awkward. I wonder, I mean, if you really think about it, introducing science probably sounds just as wacky, you know, if you try to explain yeah. science uh, in the context of what they knew back then. It probably sounded just as wacky. So it was probably hard to fight through. I do feel like they probably figured out some new level of science and they were like, oh, let's do a couple extra tests to make sure that we're right this time. Or like, <laughs> like was there a newspaper that like wrote about it and they were like, we were wrong. Or since it was like a bunch of like white men scientists at the time, were they like, 
don't look at this. Don't look at the big mistake we did. That was a big joke. That was a joke. Oops. <sighs> this is the real one. The, the corn's actually not up there. We were kidding. Yeah. And ev- every woman that has been absolutely harmed and every single one of our beliefs so far, just just don't even think about it. Just don't slide a hand over doing, here. We'll find another reason to accuse them of witchcraft in a minute. <laughs> Information on today's episode came from Weather, Hunger, and Fear by Wolfgang Berenger from the University of Bonn, Witchcraft, Weather, and Economic Growth in Renaissance Europe by Emily Oster, Witchcraft in Colonial Virginia by Carson O. Hudson, Paganism in the Middle Ages by Lubin University Press, The New York Times, Scientific American, and Fordham University. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can follow me at Xteen Schieffer on all socials. And you can follow me at VM Schultz. Thanks again for listening. See you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo. Fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. Research by Chelsea Wood. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. <laughs>